Hi, and welcome to Tech Interviews. Uh, this week, I'm picking up on a topic that um, I think sometimes we miss, and that's how we maintain control over all of the data that sits on our edge devices, you know, our laptops, our smartphones, you know, be those Windows, iOS, Android. Um, and so to help me to do that, I've uh, joined by a very special guest, uh, Yadin Portadeleone. Hi, Yadin. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, real pleasure, and, and thanks for making the time to speak to us. So, um, so maybe before we get started, today, maybe uh, a, a good starting point is uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is you that you do. Well, my day job uh, is here at Druva is uh, working as a head of content to produce a lot of really great material for the uh, really broadly the tech community, but a lot of people who want to understand more about edge data protection or data you know, transformation or data transformation management. And uh, I actually come from, it's funny that I'm actually in a, in a content role because I came from professional services, which was a role where I was very much hands-on in the, you know, the Fortune 50 companies, helping them deploy the product and really working internally with those teams. And I absolutely loved it. So, so exciting. And I wanted to translate sort of that experience into sort of a, instead of a one-to-one, -one, a one-to-many kind of mode and really be able to create something for a much broader community uh, and help them move forward and do what they need to do and be better at their jobs. And so that's why I'm landed here in, uh, uh, in the head of content and, um, and helping to, to help others through, you know, the creation of, you know, media like podcasts and, and of course, things like white papers and, uh, and, and the like. So you mentioned there, uh, obviously, you, you, you're developing that content for Druva. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about who Druva are, what Druva do? Uh, well, Druva is a information management transformation company. I know that sounds very lofty, um, but what we do really is we do data protection. So they're at the core, uh, a base layer of uh, what we do is we take data and we create backups of that data. But then the real value is, of course, once you've got all that information is what do you do with it. And that's what our company really does. And that's what all the efforts and the vision that comes into the company really comes out is what do you do with that information once you captured it? And many companies have lots of varied sort of siloed, uh, fragmented environments. And if you can get proactively take all that information and collect it in one place, there's phenomenal potential for what that, that information can do. Not only can you, of course, restore anything you know, in the world, but that's table stakes. Backup is table stakes. It's something you have to do right. Uh, and if you're doing litigation, you're trying to do, you know, address compliance, uh, or you're just trying to get visibility into where the data is, what kind of data it is, uh, you need to be able to actually have that visibility, be able to look at that, look across mobile devices, look across laptops, look across desktops. and and then be able to say, okay, this is the information I have, here's, here's where it is, be able to change the way that you collect that and manage that information depending on what region you're in, you know, depending on, on, on what compliance, regulatory uh, constructs or frameworks you're dealing with. And that's where we come in, and that's our story. Uh, and, and I feel like with the vision that's been put into, uh, into the company that we've really gotten ahead of that curve, and I feel like we're in a really great position right now to, to really help people with, uh, with those kind of challenges. Yeah, one of the things you touched on there, and, and, and it's the kind of thing that has really caught my attention with, with what you guys do at Druva, because I, I do think it's, it's maybe one of the biggest challenges that we have um, within our businesses, within our organizations, and that's this, like, this concept of, of edge data. Um, so for, for those listening, though, maybe don't know what I mean when I talk about edge data, what, what's, the, uh, what's your definition of edge data? What, what, what do you guys mean by that? Well, I know a lot of people have heard this a lot. You know, there's, there's all sorts of uh, definitions out there, but... When we talk about edge data, 
everyone knows that there's the firewall and every device is behind this firewall, either in your data center or in your headquarters. But right now, everyone works in a distributed mobile, always on fashion. And that perimeter for the organization has expanded and really is almost nebulous and indefinable now. So your data is everywhere now. It is on this laptop that is, you know, a thousand miles away from your, you know, headquarters or your data center. It's on a mobile device. It's on, uh, it's in the cloud, in cloud applications. And these mobile devices or these desktops are, are then gateways into those cloud applications. So you have this distributed edge data environment where it, your data is literally spread out across the globe, depending on, you know, the, the makeup of your organization. So uh, that edge data is, in most cases, where some of the most sensitive intellectual property is and also where a lot of the risk is when you're handling or processing other people's information uh, that has to be, of course, handled and processed in accordance to either certain regulations or just, you know, make sure it's, it's maintained control and visibility so that you can, uh, you can not lose it. I mean, that's the, the basic. I mean, ultimately, the way this, this company started, the way a lot of these companies started was because they just we didn't want to lose the data, but that, it has to be more than that now. Uh, I, uh, I now I expect it as a standard. I, my data has to be available, has to have availability, and it has to be self-service, and it has to be anywhere. But now what's really driving the conversation is, okay, well, that edge data now, what are the risks, and what are the requirements, and how do we get visibility? And just because it's not in a desktop plugged in with, you know, with an Ethernet cable, uh, it shouldn't be any different than, uh, than that experience. You should have that same control and visibility that you do with those edge devices. And you kind of touched on it there, actually, about the idea of the risks. Um, and I think sometimes we, we look at, we've got control and we've got governance of the data that we keep on-prem. And, and to some degree, you know, the, the stuff that maybe we're moving to the cloud. I think often that we will forget the, these edge devices, these, you know, as you said, this idea that actually I've just moved the perimeter of my network a thousand miles away from my head office. So what are, what are the risks that you've seen in your experience? So what, what are people maybe not realizing are risks? You know, where, where are they getting caught out with, with some of these, uh, with, with the data that they keep out on these devices? Well, I think one big one is just human error. I think that's a huge one. So you have these edge devices. You've got people who, who, of course, they lose them, or they accidentally delete things, or they, some, they fall into the wrong hands. Somebody goes and gets, gains access to them. And I don't think they realize that a lot of people will have remember passwords for just about every cloud service they have. So you walk into a laptop, and you get some of these laptops. Now you have access to their Salesforce all of their Google Docs, their SharePoint, anything that you can imagine, if, you've, if you're gaining access to this endpoint device, you're gaining access to almost the, the, kings, you know, the keys to the kingdom in many cases. So there's a huge risk of just breach of people who aren't supposed to access information accessing it. And so that's IP risk, that's you know, personal information risk, but then you have other sensitive data that then ends up being synchronized to these devices. So let's say something's in the cloud and you realize, okay, well, everything's in SharePoint. We have control of it there. Well, if you've got files being synchronized to a desktop, you have you could have PII, PHI, and for those you know listening, this is you know personal identifiable information. This is personal health information. So you could be in, in violation of HIPAA or other regulations just by having specific types of information on a device. And then if you lose it, that's a breach. That is a reportable incident in which a company has to say, look, there's, you know, there was, you know, personal health information on the laptop, 
and the laptop's missing, now it's, we have to report it as a breach. And that just one device, just one device, can mean a huge, huge PR nightmare. Let's say, you know, Kaiser has to, you know, report, oh, we lost one laptop and there was PHI on it. Now we have to, you know, you know, report it and now it becomes public record and now there's a hit to, you know, to our reputation. Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing that as a uh, here in the UK and, and for some of our, our customers and listeners across Europe, you know, I think we're seeing that focus with the General Data Protection Regulation, GDPR, where this kind of you lose personal identifiable information on a device, then then you're going to need to report that. So, you know, it's a very similar requirement. Uh, but one of the problems that we see, and I'd be interested whether you see the same thing, is that often people may well lose these devices and will report it as a breach because actually they don't really have an idea of what data is on there in the first place. No, I think that's actually a profoundly important point. Uh, and that is, if you don't know, then you have no capabilities of managing whatever type of response that you need to manage. If you have a data protection solution or you have visibility into what data was on that, you could go in, look at the snapshots, bring, up, bring it up, search it dynamically, and know exactly what was on it. And you could say with 100% certainty, there was no PII or no PHI in that. You could comb through everything that's up in the cloud. Let's say you've got the cloud copy of the data and say with absolute confidence to the people internally, to a reporting agency, to a compliance framework, to the public, there was no breach. And without that capability, that's extremely powerful for a company who could be facing a serious PR or regulatory nightmare to be able to say with confidence that nope, we know 100% sure. Or if you know if something was lost, to be able to remotely wipe it, or say that it's 100% encrypted and say with confidence that it can't even be accessed. If you pull the hard drive, all the data is encrypted. There's no way you know to gain access to it. Having those capabilities in place gives you that that confidence, gives you that assurity, and it's like it's in many cases it's like an insurance policy. Uh, against a breach or against malicious activity or against human error. Yeah, and I mean, we're seeing that increasingly this, it, it's actually, it's even going beyond that now that certainly part of GDPR is about you being able to show that you can actually do that. You know, this is not a nice to have, this is absolutely a thing that you're going to have to be able to do to, to show your compliance. And, and I guess you see that in the U.S. as well. Yes, and so, yeah, for us, it's things like HIPAA. In the EU, it's things like GDPR, where you have to have the visibility into someone's information just within your own organization if you're processing it, uh, but then also make sure that you have visibility in all of those edge devices as well. Does Just because information that's being processed, that's personal information for EU citizens is in my data center, how do I know that information isn't on some endpoints? Because someone's either doing a project, you have a you know, a developer working on something, or you have uh, somebody who's working on any kind of project that's pulling data from out of our main data center. I don't have visibility of that. I, I can't say, you know, with, with certainty that, no, your data is no longer being processed us, or your data is completely wiped out. Uh, there's, you know, there's sort of major headaches that some companies have where, like, they've got mountains of tape drives where there's no way of knowing if someone makes a request and, you know, or under right to be forgotten. I want all my data wiped. I want you to completely you know, destroy it. Uh, they have no way of knowing if they've actually completed that task. I mean, some really, really basic things, and I always like to frame it as, well, can you answer basic questions? Do you have this person's information anymore? It's a simple question. You know, it seems like a simple question, but if you actually go and look, you know, between you know, the data center, between edge devices, between potential tape archives, uh, a company may have absolutely no idea. 
if they ha even have the person's information or if they try to destroy it, is it really gone? And that's what I think that's what really fascinates me about this kind of this, this edge data case as well is the um, I think that's actually framed really well the idea that can you answer these basic questions because you're absolutely right the idea that can you tell me where all of the copies of that data are, are residing sounds like a really straightforward question and it is potentially if all that data lives within your data center on your your on-prem storage however how do you know how do you know where else that data might might lie. And I think that leads on actually to, to one of the questions I wanted to ask you was that, you know, we talk often. I think people will look at um, the, you know, the data security on their edge devices in that I'm backing it up. You know, I've backed that data up, so I've got a copy of it. But I think from what you're saying there, that actually protecting the data on those edge devices is a lot more wide-ranging than that. So, so what are the some kind of things that that people should consider when we look at this case of edge data? What are the kind of things they should be looking to put in place to ensure that they they are properly protecting that kind of data asset out on on those devices? Yeah. Well, the backing up is definitely the first step, and like I said, it's it is table stakes. It's just a requirement. It's a must-have. You have to have data availability. You have to be able to to have that information off-site not in your own data center, it's got to be someplace else, and the cloud is a fantastic place, especially if you have a distributed workforce. And once you have that information, what companies really should be looking at is what they're doing with the information now that they have it, and also how do they manage the information that is currently on the device still. And if you have the capability of being able to do a remote wipe, do a device trace, so you know exactly where that device is physically, and if someone turns it on, and it, it automatically will do a time bomb and wipe all the information out, or have the capability of that data being encrypted, and so if someone tries to remove you know, the, the hard drive, uh, then they can't get access to the data as well. Those are definitely key things that you need. But visibility is the most critical. If you don't know what data is on the device, it doesn't really matter uh, what, you, what plans you have or what desires you have, you have no idea. You basically have to assume that that basically any type of risk information or, or information risk exists on the laptop and treat it like that. And you can't say with confidence that you've really accomplished any of the goals like uh, like you you know ensured that there's not the wrong kind of information on there. So I mean the visibility is so incredibly key. And if you have visibility independent of the device, that is incredibly critical. Because if the device is powered off and you don't know where it is, how can you say what is on it? But if you have snapshots being taken every eight hours or four hours or however, you know, whatever your time interval is, you can do an immediate federated search of every, all the information in your organization and say, okay, across all of my endpoint devices, I see I've got this type of data and here's where it is. And I know that all of these devices are within our custody or all, there's all of these things that you can put in place, and these are these are not simple questions. These are more complex questions uh, that you need to be able to answer uh, if you're you know if if you're deciding whether or not you're going to report a breach or whether or not you're under uh, an audit for compliance. You have to be able to not just you know say with confidence, but you also have to be able to prove it. You have to be able to provide an audit trail, and and, and especially with endpoints. E-discovery and litigation requirements uh, are very strict, and there's been a lot of precedent set uh, of how you need to handle this information and what happens if you disturb metadata, how do you show where this data has been, what state it was in at any time. All of this stuff is incredibly complex, and to do it manually, A, is extremely expensive, and B, not even always effective. So these things are, are critical 
points that companies should make sure they're addressing when they're looking at endpoint what we call endpoint information management, not just data protection. I mean, it's really information management because you're not just making sure there's a backup copy of that, you know, Word doc that, you know, Joe or Susie needs on Friday night if they accidentally hit delete. You need to make sure that if you're in a litigation that where $100 million is on the line, that you are providing all the data that is required by the court and you're providing it in a way that's defensible. And I think, you know, and I think you've summed that up fantastically that actually information management is the key. You know, I mean, we, we talk to our customers all the time about, you know, data is the thing, you know, and it doesn't matter whether you're looking at data protection, whether you're looking at data kind of infrastructure, whether you're looking at moving to the cloud, you know, it's always about the data and then the applications that maybe that, that serve that. But I think, you know, one of the, the, those huge challenges that we see in this space is, is a lot of the things you've talked about there is that actually that idea of how do I discover where all of my data is, how do I know that any file that contains this kind of intellectual property information or this kind of sensitive data, how do I know everywhere where that is? And you say whether that's just from a business process point of view or from a compliance point of view, you know, it doesn't really matter where you're, you know, where the question has arisen from. It's the idea that I need to be able to find that answer. And I do think that's one area where, where people will, will often fall short with that. So, so, I mean, what kind of things can, um, you know, maybe not just Druva, but, uh, Druva specifically, but, um, you, but I know you guys play really strong in this, this area, but what kind of things can, um, can people put in place then that can, that can help them to address some of these issues, you know, can help them to get that, that better and improved visibility of the, of the data that, that sits maybe a thousand miles away from their data center? Well, the tough part is, is there's only two solutions. Either you have a technology solution or you have, you know, a manual solution. And, of course, there's, there's hybrids of those, too. And you have processes incredibly important as well. So making sure that you have a good data protection, information management. I mean, this is across the board. This is with disaster recovery. This is business continuity. All of these need to have strong practices in place. And data protection and visibility is no different, making sure that you know what information is important to your company. What is most critical? And who are the people who are the custodians of that information? Where does that information sit? And then having best practices around deciding, okay, here's the information we're going to capture, and here's who we're going to capture it from. And you continually, every quarter, and I'll do this uh, all day long and tell people you have to look at it either every quarter or every year and revise it and work with legal. And that's actually one of the most important things, and, and especially from, from, my, from my time in professional services working with companies, one of the biggest things I would do is just get all these different departments together. I would get InfoSec, I would get legal, management, executives, all these people to then decide collectively on what best practices are around how information should be managed, not what you should back up, what my backup profile is, or what inclusions, exclusions. No, it's like it's a much bigger than that. It's how do we manage our information? And companies coming at it from that perspective, there'll be a lot of manual processes because the, you know, they will not have the technology in place on day one. But what they should use the, that, that process, which is what technology always supports, there's things that humans do in businesses, and there's businesses, you know, or things that businesses need, and those humans, us people in those businesses, need that activity to be supported. And once you decide what you need to do and why you need to do it, that's when you apply a technology solution to it, when you know exactly what you need to do. So start with that, what information do we need to manage, how do we need to manage it, and where is it, where do we think it is, 
uh, and you start from that perspective, that will drive a lot of really same procurement and process conversations. Uh, and I think the biggest challenge that companies have right now is, is and it's, I should say this has been since the dawn of, uh, of companies really, is, is the silo issue where you have all these different silos. Some buddies, you know, responsible for all the desktops, you know, in the company, and then a whole other group is responsible for all the servers in the company. But there's data on your, in your data center environment, on your server environment, on your VMware environment, your, you know, your SQL server. And then there's, there's information on all of your endpoints and your edge devices. And how do you bridge that gap between those two? How do you look at both of those? And that's where that, the next generation, I think, of, you know, information management and technology is really going to drive uh, what we see as a digital transformation within companies where they really address that problem of how do I manage my information across the company in under a single or framework where they where I have process and technology working together to provide answers to really critical questions and deliver services to really critical lines of business. And that's where, you know, where we see a lot of opportunities where we're bridging that gap is, well, if you've got stuff in, you know, in your VMware environment or in your SQL environment and you have endpoints, let's, you can do a search across all of that. You can do a search across, you know, you know, physical infrastructure, physical hardware, virtual environments, endpoints, and people are seeing that there's data in all of these places that's really critical for exactly the same reasons or maybe for different reasons. But you have to be able to see all of it. You have to be able to sort of easily query all that without like the timing intensive manual effort that ends up in many cases not even yielding the results that you need. I think it's, um, I think it's really interesting actually that the bulk of your answer there was about people and process uh, because I think that's something that we see an awful lot of you know we, we, we'll talk to lots of people about this kind of uh, data security building data leak prevention strategies and the conversation never starts with the technology the conversation starts with you know what's your appetite for risk how do you see risk in your business how do you currently do management and control of that data and, and those data policies. So, so I think that, that's fascinating that, that you guys see that the same way. Um, one thing I did want to ask you that just kind of came out of what you were saying there, uh, and I think again it's, it's a problem we're seeing increasingly is the complexity of, of this. You know, it's the, um, it's the idea that it's yet more information that's being placed on a maybe already overworked IT team or information security team and they're thinking, oh, it's just more information, how am I supposed to cope? I mean, how, how important do you think that the um, simplicity of being able to discover all of this kind of information to, and to find these, these insights, how, how important is simplicity in that? Well, I think, Paul, that's a good question um, because that's what is overwhelming, like you said, those overworked IT folks uh, who are trying to answer basic questions for executives or leaders of lines of business. And the need for simplicity is, is becoming more and more uh, intense because you have fewer people trying to do more. You have executives who are expecting more productivity out of the same groups because they feel like the technology solution is out there. So you have things like virtualization, you know, micro-segmentation, you know, um, containers, uh, automation, all of these different things that people are trying to squeeze you know, uh, productivity out and simplicity. Uh, and if you have something that's more simple, you can consume something in a more simple way, you're gonna have, of course, uh, much better information, you're gonna have more efficiency, you're gonna have 
the ability to answer these questions a lot easier if you don't have to put a massive amount of effort into it. If there's a, a shallower learning curve, if it doesn't take as much time to do it, you're going to get faster response and you're going to get a more consistent response. I'll give you a great example of where there's one team, this legal team at a, at a, at a company, a uh, household name, and uh, it took them three or four days with a team of two to three people to get a forensic copy of one person's laptop to then look at the information to see if it had anything to do with this pending litigation. Uh, I walked in them and sh or walked in their office and showed them how to do it uh, on their laptop without anyone's help and do it in about three minutes. And it just blew their mind. Because it was simple, because it was easy, yeah, you're going to have to boil out of this complexity down into interfaces that human beings who are overworked and have you know, on smaller teams, they can consume more quickly, uh, which is why I think a, you know, a SaaS-based service works incredibly well because you, you take away a lot of that complexity. And we're seeing that in all sorts of things from, you know, from software-defined networking to, uh, uh, to, to storage, and you're seeing the complexity being pulled out and you can have either, you can have a more complex programmable interface or you can have a really simple GUI. Uh, and you, can, you have that choice of being able to consume those things in those different ways. And, and companies are going to have to take this incredibly complex, siloed, distributed environment they have from a data perspective and boil it down into something that's very, very simple. Uh, because you don't need a complex solution for this. You need the complexity to be taken out but still have the options to dig through that complexity and be given you know, the answers that you need to extract from it. Uh, and I couldn't agree more with that because I think, we see, like you said, we see that in all kinds of areas of, of business today that what people actually want is I just want the answer. You know, I just want my application. I just want you to solve my business problem. I don't really care about the complexity. You know, and that doesn't mean that the solution can't be complex in the back end. But actually, from a the way it's presented to uh, you, know, you as a user, you as a business user, or you as, a, as an organisation, that needs to be straightforward. Because I think that's a great example. You know, the ability to find the answer to a complex question really, really quickly is either saving a company lots of money, helping them answer a really tricky business question, or giving them competitive advantage. So, um, so I think that, that, that's really important. Um, but I mean, as we as we come to the end of our time here, just just a couple of other quick things that really. What I mean, one is. You know, obviously, I, I'm familiar with Druva, and I, you know, I think you guys have some really interesting technology in in this space. But for people who are unfamiliar with Druva, I mean, how how can Druva help? You know, how can people find out a little bit more about you? Uh, well, I think the best way, of course, uh, as everyone always says, which you know, I, I wish there was a better answer to this, but Druva.com, of course. But the I give people one more step, and I always wish people on shows were like, just give me one more step, and I don't just take, go go to the website, Druva.com, and there's a solutions tab, and if you go to solutions. It's great because we're organized in a way of here's here's some problems here. So there's a, or solutions to problems. So if you go to solutions uh, tab, you'll get all the problems from anywhere from government to cloud applications, and then you scroll through and really find out and focus in on what you're really looking for, and rather than going to the, the separate products. And we have the separate product pages, but I think our solutions pages are we've really designed them to make sure that people can go there and look for answers to a specific type of questions, like I want to know more about disaster recovery as a service, or I want to know about protecting cloud applications. So I say Druva.com, go to our solutions tab. Uh, that's the best way. Of course, you can you know you reach out to me if you want to learn more. Uh, uh, and you know I'm at uh, at Porter De Leon on Twitter. I'm always happy to engage with people. Uh, and you can engage, of course, with uh, at Druva Inc on Twitter as well. Uh, it's a great way to get a hold of us and, and start engaging with us.
Well, I, th I mean, I think there's some great information there, and you know, and I know it's, it's actually is a broad topic, and we could probably talk for hours, but um, but I know you've got a real job to do as well, uh, which does not include spending your day talking to me. <laughs> um, so, you know, so, so I think it is a, a fascinating subject. Um, but one other thing I just wanted to touch on, um, just moving away slightly from Druva. So, um, obviously, there's, there, there are people honest who listen to this show. Um, it's not just me and you. Um, and uh, if they enjoy this, um, I, I heartily recommend um, something else you're involved in. Um, so for people who've not come across the Intech We Trust podcast, do you want to just um, you know, give people a, a quick brief on, on what that is and, and the kind of subject matter you cover on there? Well, thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. Yes, I am uh, the host on Intech We Trust along with the other phenomenal esteemed people uh, who are on the show as well who are really fantastic uh, pillars of, I'd say, the tech community. And we try and bring a little bit of value every week uh, or every other week actually now to people just looking on specific subjects, whether it's, you know, APIs or whether it's, you know, a complexity within uh, within organizations or technology. And yeah, you can, you can you know, subscribe on uh, iTunes or whatever podcatcher you like. And uh, we're at in tech underscore uh, we trust on Twitter. Uh, feel free. But uh, lately we've been pushing people towards engaging with us on the hashtag. Uh, hashtag in tech we trust uh, and starting conversations there and uh, it's, a, it's a show I heartily recommend it's uh, it's one of the first things that drops into my uh, my podcast list every week so uh, or every two weeks like I said now um, so so thanks for that and, and obviously if people haven't uh, checked it out I, I, I strongly recommend they do um, and you know and it just goes to show the uh, the kind of the power of uh, IT community in that uh, this show came about um, because I just kind of reached out to your Dean on, on Twitter and uh, and he was he was happy to support this and, and have a chat about this kind of this edge data um, you know this edge data problem that, that we see so um, you look thank you very much for your time it's uh, it's much appreciated and uh, I look forward to speaking to you again soon well, thanks, Paul. I really had a, fun, a great time on the show. Um, I like I liking what you're doing, and I'm liking to, uh, to to give out more to the community. I'm glad you're part of that whole process. hope you enjoyed that episode and found your Dean's thoughts on the challenges of edge data, both useful and insightful, because I know I certainly did. For show notes, go over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. That's going to be our last show for a few weeks as I pop off on my summer holidays. But make sure you catch us on our return. Then while I subscribe, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. So until next time, have a great summer, and thanks for listening.